Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show brought to you by The Way Realty on 103.7 FM WKRM. Today on the school bus, we have some special guests. We have with us Hannah Miller, who works now for the um, Columbia Fire and Rescue. Hannah is the Community Risk Reduction Officer. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you for having me. And with Hannah, we have Chief Ty Cobb, the Chief Chief Ty Cobb, Columbia Fire and Rescue Chief. Welcome, Ty. From one Cobb to another, thank you. Hey, I like that. Also today on the show, and our theme will be safety this week, on the show we have Mr. Eric Perriman, who is the Director of Operations at Murray County Public Schools. Welcome, Eric. Good morning, Jack. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And last but not least, we have our school safety coordinator, Mr. Jonathan Berry. Welcome, Jonathan. Good morning, Jack. You doing all right today? I'm doing great, thank you. You're not going to give us that radio voice you showed us before the show? Well, I might hear later. You on might. Okay, great. <laughs> hey, uh, let's get right into things, um, folks, and let's talk a little bit about some of the things um, we are partnered with and we do with the um, Columbia Fire and Rescue. So, um, I have some notes here that I wrote down about what y'all do. Um, Columbia Fire and Rescue. Rescue is involved deeply with Murray County Public Schools. Ty, could you share a little bit about what that really means so the community understands? Well, we've had a long partnership together with Murray County Schools many, many years uh, that we call Community Risk Reduction, where we're teaching safety, public fire safety, tornado safety, water safety, pool safety uh, in the schools. Um, we stress the importance of being safe to preschool age children and continue that through high school where it's repetitive. Uh, we visit the schools with our fire trucks and our firefighters educate every student that we encounter. And that also is being a role model for our students in the schools to show them what a firefighter's duties are and the duty of duty, honor, trust, and integrity, doing the right thing. So uh, we're not only trying to educate the school children, but we're trying to be a good example as well uh, as they see these firefighters in the community on and off the job. So uh, it's been a great partnership over the years, and I think we've made a big difference in many lives. And we've also influenced the careers that they've chosen, whether they wanted to be a firefighter or sheriff's deputy, police officer, nurse, uh, whatever goal they want, we want to help them achieve it. I think at one point in every student's life, they say, I want to be a firefighter. What do you think, Eric? I think maybe you're right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl, they just see it. They see you guys in the uniform. They see everything you do. It's really, really impressive, and we appreciate everything And I'm probably do. one of those young kids that saw it, liked it, said this is what I want to do, and I've never regretted Great at one bit. It's been a great uh, career for me so far, 23 years in, and I still love coming to work as much as I did the first day I started. So I liked fire trucks from a young age. The fire station was three blocks away, and then they were at the school, and that was my favorite day throughout the school year. So uh, it stuck with me. I, I see it did, um, all the way up to chief of the fire uh, department. 
Um, he mentioned, Hannah, that um, community risk reduction was a, a program, and, and you are now working in that program, right? Yes. Could you, you know, tell our listening audience a little bit about what you'll be doing in this uh, role? So what I will be doing as the community risk reduction officer will be analyzing statistics and data in our area and determining what the risks are in this area and developing strategies to mitigate those risks, partnering with Murray County Schools, creating video content and putting that on social media getting the word out to the general public, and stuff like this, radio shows. I think it's great to have these types of discussions on all platforms to get the word out about safety overall. It sounds like you might have wanted to have been a firefighter or something when you were young also. Yes, well, you know, uh, I think everyone in school can remember the day the firefighters came. That's oh, one yeah. of our favorite memories yeah. in school, and so that was always a treat, and I always learned so much, and public safety has definitely been an interest of mine. For a very long time. So we talked a little bit, and you talked about the, the relationship between Murray County Public Schools, Ty. You talked about um, um, public education. Now, you have a, a, a public education program right within the fire department, correct? We do. Uh, and it's actually, we're turning that over to Hannah. Our training officers have led that in the past, along with our shift chiefs to coordinate with schools and, uh, you know, different schools at different time might want topics. It might be Dr. Seuss Reed across America week and they want firefighters to come read. That gives us a chance to get in and, uh, you know, talk fire safety as well as read a book. Uh, we, like I said earlier, we talk about pool safety. Uh, we talk about uh, being prepared during severe weather. And most important, we talk about making sure that when our students go home and they're with their family, that they have working smoke alarms and they have a meeting place and they uh, remember that throughout their K through 12 education and they carry that with them through an adult when they become adults to make sure their kids are safe because smoke alarms are the best uh, insurance you can have to get out of a house quickly when it catches on fire because seconds count. Absolutely. Um, uh, we have a, a standing rule about smoke alarms. It's the time change. When the time change, we change the batteries. Now, if they ever go away from time change, I'll have to have something else to remind me. But that seems to always work with us. Just It doesn't matter if they're not dead batteries. We just change them to make sure That's a good that they're in good working yep. condition. And we test them at that same period in time, make sure the alarms are working yep. and they're going off and everything. It is the best insurance you can have. I totally agree with that. Um, Mr. Barry, um, on that regards, on, on um, alarms and stuff like that, what do we do in our school districts to help um, when there's an issue and like an alarm needs to go off? What do we have in place? Well, Jack, uh, this, you know, as you know, the state requires us to have fire drills every 30 days that, that we're in school. Fire drills every 30 days? Every 30 days we're in school. But what we require um, from that I actually have our uh, administration staff do is we, do one, we try to do one a month. So that's 10 fire drills in a, a school calendar year. And in that the fire drill it's a full evacuation of course this year it's been different with covid okay um, we've had to adjust them uh, the way we do things but we still evacuate each time uh, when we're in normal conditions and with our teachers well, not teachers but the staff log those fire drills in a program we call navigate 360. I've, I've heard about that navigate 360 is an important part of what you're doing right yes yeah, emergency software that we utilize and actually mr perryman uh, brought that to the system when he was a safety coordinator. I don't how many years ago was that, Eric? About five. About five years ago, we we was that we have a contract with them to renew each year, and it allows our administrators to not only plan 
but also log the fire drills that they have. And with that, it's easy access for not only us, but first responders and also the state folks to look at that because, you know, they have to see the requirements. We have to turn that in each year for them to see. That's cool. Um, are you guys tied into the Navigate 360, Mr. Cobb? Yes. Well, we coordinate, we communicate. I was going to talk about that okay. a little bit later, but uh, here, here's what I want to say about these two gentlemen is that they have been proactive. I know since I've been chief, uh, me, me and Mr. Perryman, and we've, we've all talked about safety. We've talked about being in the schools and, and when there is an emergency or there's a school bucks accident or we've had a fire at some schools, uh, I'm quick to know, you know. Uh, we're communicating, there's phone calls, there's a lot that goes on. You know, student safety is top priority. Uh, our responder safety, uh, having good communication, pre-planning, being prepared. And I will tell you, by, by firefighters being in the schools, uh, they're able to learn and know the areas, know the cafeterias. It's kind of like pre-planning. We get credit for that. But working with these two gentlemen, uh, it also helps our ISO rating. You know, we hadn't talked about that, but Columbia Fire and Rescue is ISO Class 1. The reason we're... Congratulations. And we're going into our sixth year, got regraded, and hopefully going to maintain that Class 1 rating. But the reason for that is partnerships, working together, talking about software and uh, like they've implemented... Uh, pre-planning, public education, it gets back to working together. And that's what we've done in this community. Uh, and I will tell you that the school system, Columbia Fire and Rescue, our emergency responders, we're prepared for if an emergency happens in a school that our children are safe. Excellent. And credit goes to these two gentlemen for that. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Perryman and Mr. Barry. Um, I know that there's a lot of things that have to take place when there's an emergency situation, when there's um, inclement weather, when there is um, possibility of any type of smoke or fire that may be taking place. Um, and my, I would like to go into a little bit about summer safety. So um, we're, we're in our last nine weeks of the school year. We've managed to stay in person all year long. Kudos to everybody involved for being able to do that. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, summers here, pool safety. That's a really big one to me. I have a pool in my backyard, and I have, like, two fences just to keep the neighbor kids out, just so you know, I have a six-foot fence and a, and a fence around the pool itself. Because, number one, for insurance regulations, you got to protect yourself so nobody can get into your pool. But I don't want anything happening to anybody. So tell us a little bit about uh, summer safety, pool safety, as we get into these warm days of summer. Well, according to the World Health Organization, drowning is the third leading cause of unintentional death worldwide. That's third leading third cause. Third leading cause. Wow. And according to the National Pool Safety Foundation, young children can drown in as little as 30 seconds. Uh, and it seems like every year we experience one call where we have a child that has fallen into a pool. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but last year uh, our firefighter, Lon Osman, uh, had recently retired on the south side of town. He lived off Rutherford Lane, and a child had fallen into the pool. He quickly heard the screams uh, from the grandmother, jumped two fences, and was able to give CPR to that child and bring that child back and save that child's life. Uh, it's very important uh, to have pool safety, have the protections in place. Uh, 390 total preventable deaths per year are attributed to drowning in a swimming pool or hot tub. So don't forget a hot tub a child can slip off into yeah, and drown Yeah, I never thought well. of that. I used to have a hot tub. Um, so ages 1 to 4 are the third leading cause of death, uh, and then followed by 
ages 5 to 19. And then remember, outside of pools, you still have the Duck River where people like to kayak or maybe they're at a lake like Tim's Ford. It's important to wear your life jacket. So uh, pool safety is very important because there's more pools uh, in Columbia. It's very popular, uh, but every year we experienced some type of response to where a child has fallen in a pool. And it, like it says, the statistics, 30 seconds make a big difference. Uh, seconds count. And it's important to know CPR. You know, we encourage yes. that as well, just like they're teaching the local school systems. I mean, CPR saves lives. CPR uh, is a, a course that you can take, and it's, what, a renewal every year? Every two years. Every two years. Every I remember years. when I was um, first moved into this area, I took CPR classes through work, and then we had the recertifications. I wasn't sure if it was one or two years, but um, it was a good thing to have. And everybody at the facility I worked in um, that wanted it was able to take it. And I think that was a big plus to have so many people um, know how to do CPR. And it's important as we talk about pool safety and, wa and river and water safety, uh, I thought this statistic stuck out with me. 14% of all fatal boating accidents involve kayaks. And hmm. you know how kayaking is very popular around here uh, on the Duck River. Mm -hmm. uh, I see it at, at the lake and you see people kayaking. It's very popular. It's not expensive. Uh, but it's important if you're going to be kayaking to wear a life jacket. It's state law, you know, but a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just going to get out quickly. I forgot my life jacket. I'm still going to get on the kayak, have a little fun. Nothing's going to happen to me. And then they become a statistic. And next thing you know, Columbia Fire and Rescue or emergency agencies are searching for them. We really don't want to see you, but we're glad you're there. You know, we That's don't exactly want to right. have to call. We want this to just be a training exercise. Exactly. We don't want to have to, our firefighters train on the duck. Uh, we recently did it about three weeks ago. Uh, but that's not something we want to have to act right. on. Hannah, and you said you're going to be doing a lot of uh, promotions on social media. Uh, do you have anything planned for this summer about summer safety, water safety, and stuff like that coming yes, up? Yes, we are actually in the process of planning a few public service announcements. I love so, a good PSA. Yes, so we're working on creating something there that will be watchable for people, children, everyone will enjoy and pay attention to hopefully yeah I'm, i also help out a lot with blood assurance and and uh, wkrm is very very helpful when it comes to um letting us get on the air and do psas to let people know when we're the, the blood need is in supply sometimes just awareness is key just it is and making and people aware that's right and jack we've worked over the years together we've known each other a long time yes I, sir I, we I have will, i will tell you that radio gets results and that's part of our iso grading too with our public education and psas and being on the radio and wkom has been a great partner in that yeah the uh, owner the mr Delt kennedy he's all on board I, I you know he calls me more than i call him it, for something about the school district or hey do you have anything going on at blood assurance um the school district that you want to come on live on my show in the morning He's really good with that. Well, we're very thankful from Columbia Fire Rescue for the PSAs that you present to help educate and keep the public safe. Yeah, all, all the above are, are, are great um, additions to the, uh, the radio station, and, and we, are, we thank WKRM for their ability to see and recognize that these need to get out there, the PSAs, the announcements for the school district. Um, when we have a school closure due to inclement weather, they're they're one of the first to get out there. We send them a message, and they're like, "Hey, breaking news! Murray County Public Schools will be closing two hours early." 
so the buses aren't in the weather and the students are safe. I mean, these are good things to have on the radio because you're in your car. What do you have on? Most likely one of the local radio stations. When we talk about severe weather uh, and, you know, people, I know you probably get inundated with calls. Is schools closing and uh, Jonathan and Eric are key in making those decisions and working with local agencies on keeping our students safe. We're all out on the roadways. Uh, checking and, and making sure that roads are drivable. Yes. Uh, but when you talk about that and you talk about the dangers that they encounter when they're trying to make sure the roads are safe and getting reports and emergency responders and police officers and sheriff's deputies are out checking road conditions, uh, they take risks too. Absolutely. You know? Mr. Perriman, um, on, a, on a day where you're thinking that the snow has started in the middle of the night and we may have to look at um, either delaying or closing schools for weather. What time do you usually get started? About 4 a.m.? Um, no, usually around 2.30 <laughs> or 3. Okay, in the middle you know, of the night. Yeah, you know, we have to have a call made by 4.45. Yeah, because uh, I usually so, get the text message or the call, hey, Jack, wake up. Yeah, wake up, Jack. Come on. And we got to get know. this message out right away. And, yeah, we started that that procedure to where we try our best on, on a – situation where something has happened during the night and we see it's going to affect the morning or affect the entire day to have that call made internally by 4:45, so that we can get a call out to parents by five o'clock not just to parents but by staff as well we have staff that come from multiple counties and a lot of them have to leave early we have parents that that are due to be in nashville at 6 30 and now i've got to punt and do something with my children so we try to do that um, on the other end of that, if we see it's coming in and we can make the call the night before, you know, we try to make Absolutely. it by 10, yep. um, earlier if possible so that folks aren't in bed. But, uh, yeah, those days are interesting and, and they're never the same, no matter if it's snow or rain or, or whatever, that every one of them's a little bit different with, with how the morning goes. I usually get a warning, um, from Eric or Mr. Hickman or Mr. Gaines or Mr. Barry. Hey Jack, make sure your phone is on tomorrow morning. Just in case we have to get together and make some announcements, and I'm, because uh, it's happened once before, my phone wasn't on, and I was like, "Oh no, what did I miss?" <laughs> well, we were on it today, though, weren't we, Jay? Yeah, we today um, we 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 record the uh, big yellow school bus ahead of time, and and today happens to be a day when there's a lot of weather going on right now, um, so we've taken a precaution on um, Thursday, um, March twenty fifth. <laughs> Uh, to make sure that um, every student would be safe this afternoon. So if you're listening to the show now, it was um, on Thursday. We were, we were in those situations where we were making um, decisions and getting the word out today. And that's very, very important. Did you get the message, Ty? I did. Excellent. We try to send it to, the, to as many community folks as we can. We post it on our social media. So um, Hannah can share things like that Absolutely. when we have an uh, emergency or, or situations where we need to make an announcement or a PSA. So everybody gets the word out as fast as possible. And thank you, Eric, for keeping me uh, up in the mornings when these situations arise because it's so important that we have this network where we are communicating and, and weather and everything and making sure that um, people are, are taken care of and know what's going on. Um, we're about ready to go to break. I wanted to mention something before we go to break. We have a very special announcement at Murray, or a very special event this weekend at Murray County Public Schools. The Mount Pleasant High School is going to be dedicating Coach Jim Painter. Oh, no, this is the tournament, right? The Jim Painter tournament. Yeah, yeah. Jim Painter tournament, March 24th to March 20th, presented by Mr. Carwash. 
It's the 2021 Jim Painter Tournament. It's Wednesday, March 24th through Saturday, March 27th. Um, you can go online to our website, maryk12.org, or to our social media and catch the uh, schedule and the flyer to see what's going on with that. Um, we will be back after a commercial message with Hannah Miller, Community Risk Reduction Officer, Ty Cobb, Chief of Columbia Fire and Rescue, Eric Perriman, Director of Operations, and Jonathan Berry, School Safety Coordinator. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on WKRM 103.7 FM. Brought to you by The Way Realty. Hey, we are here talking about safety in our community and in our schools. Um, earlier, we touched a little bit um, on the um, importance of smoke alarms and even um, making sure you change the batteries, etc. Ty, we have a smoke alarm program at um, the Columbia Fire and Rescue, right? We do. It's It's been going on for many years. It's in partnership with the State Fire Marshal's Office. Uh, and um, we have installed, I couldn't, I'm trying to think, but problem, there's no telling how many uh, smoke alarms throughout the years in residential homes uh, free of charge. Doesn't cost anything. We actually will also come and check your current smoke alarms to make sure that they're working properly. You can call 560-1700. or five, 560-1700. Or, or 698-5373. Um, to have your smoke alarm checked. Uh, a crew will come out and check that alarm, check the battery, make sure it's working. If it's not or if it's out of date, uh, we will replace that smoke alarm. The life expectancy of a smoke alarm is about 10 years. After 10 years, uh, it needs to be replaced. Um, so the one I bought at Lowe's, um, for I bought three for my house, and that was probably close to 10 years ago. I might want to consider upgrading and buying a new one. Buying a new one um, or... At, just reaching out to us to have us install one. You know, all your all your hardware stores have smoke alarms. Uh, they're they're easy to purchase. I would also ask if you're if you can purchase a fire extinguisher as well. Cooking fires are a leading cause of fires. So we see a lot of cooking fires. Just people are busy. They get distracted. Phone rings. Social media. Whatever, turn it on the radio, and they forget they have something <laughs> right. uh, on the stove. Uh, but a smoke alarm will be activated quickly, uh, and that fire kept in the incipient phase, which is kind of the beginning phase. Uh, but if you can't put it out, a fire extinguisher that is multi-purpose ABC uh, to use all types of fires uh, to extinguish in your home is proper. I, I, I really. Uh can't tell you our listening audience how important it is to have a smoke alarm in your in your house um and usually more than one mine gets tested frequently when i cook um <laughs> and that's where people jack that's a good point people can get distracted and pull the battery out and forget to plug it back in and it's not working i and just keep something to fan it close by so it, it shuts up when and then i just continue to cook um, and I did um, get for Christmas a smokeless grill, with it, which that's helped quite a bit. Because mm-hmm. uh, well, when I'm grilling I tend, indoors, I tend to make a little smoke. Well, the next time we respond to your house, 
Well, just make sure <laughs> you, to have us a good... You've never been to my house. Hold it. Wait, you've never been to my house. <laughs> okay. And I don't okay. want you coming to my house, so hopefully I, you won't have to. I think but, you're saying he burns a lot of food, I guess. Uh, no, I, I don't burn it. I just... It's just a... It, it creates smoke. Um... I will I will tell you though if you purchase a fire extinguisher we're don't we never endorse somebody to to attack a fire themselves you oh, know yeah. leave that to the professionals but for fires in the incipient phase the beginning phase uh, a fire extinguisher like cooking uh, on the stove a s- small fire on a grease pan if you can't cover it you can use an extinguisher to put that out but you still need to call the fire department to make sure it is extinguished and the smoke is removed that's very toxic uh, and uh, it's important that we come even if it's in a not emergency mode just right. to make sure you're safe. So we are really, really drilling in the importance of smoke alarms, um, and, and I can't uh, stress that enough. Now, Ty, do you recall maybe last school year an event that took place at one of our schools um, where you guys may have been called? Yes, I can. Uh, I'm going to turn that over to jonathan and eric to talk about but uh, we have responded uh, to murray county public schools and i'll let them talk in about record that, time so. of course eric you want to share a little bit about some of the processes and things that take place and what happened maybe last year yeah we we can talk a little bit about those things um and as he mentioned they've responded several times um, most of the time it's something in the kitchen or a lot of times this time of year as uh, we swap from heat to to air uh, those units oftentimes come on and and there's dust on them and there's different things or wires haven't nothing's no current's been going through in a while and we have a lot of issues with things like that over the course of the buildings um, most of the time like i said it's a, something in the kitchen maybe an oven or something like that uh, we did have an incident out at ea cox last year um, sometime during the winter time jonathan probably knows the the date but we had a, a situation in a classroom where um, sort of a, uh, a science project went awry to, to kind of just overview it. And we had to evacuate the building, ended up over the course of the day, the fire department responded very quickly. Uh, and that was before the new fire department was. was right next door to EA Cox. Right and they before, were, yeah, yeah, they were still out there. Hey, we're going to um, need to talk a little bit about that after this. They were still out there very quickly. Um, they came in and between... Uh, or amongst, I should say, since there was three groups, the uh, the Columbia Fire Department, Murray County Sheriff's Department, and our school staff made sure everyone was safe. We secured the area, uh, and we were able to resume school in the bulk of the building relatively quickly, given the circumstances, uh, and then we were able to work through the, just the affected area. Uh, Jonathan actually responded that morning. He and I were st- actually standing in a field with a fencing company when we got the call and he left and went. Uh, so he can he can fill you in on kind of the details of how the, yeah. maybe how the situation went, went out there. And as Chief Cobb just explained, the, the ventilation process was probably the biggest issue that we had out there. When I got on scene, um, these guys have several fans, big fans and big strong fans and the wind was blowing through there. And that one particular end of the building, which I usually refer to as the 200 hall, um, is where where it took place and when i got on scene the the fire was out and i'm, I'm not a fire guy but i'm saying it was probably you never got past the incipient phase is that what you referred to a while ago i think I, my memory y'all used an extinguisher but it was just for the basic like paper burning and stuff so. it was and i have to give a shout out to officer uh mike cook 
Correct. He was at Mount Pleasant Middle School. He was actually at Cox at that day. SRO. And he got the fire put out. He did respond. And I think it, it one or two fire extinguishers were used. That's correct. Uh, for that. And, um, you know, due to the practice and the fire drills that we have all the time, no students were injured. Everyone was outside. I think we may have had a couple that had to see the nurse or had some um, medical attention due to some of maybe the, the, the chemical smell Just from the smoke yeah. mm-hmm, of that nature. Uh, but everything went off flawlessly. We were back. Uh, it was less than two hours. We were back at normal school operations. We obviously had to wait for the fire department. They had to do some some investigation into the causes and uh, clear out that hallway. It did make quite a mess. Uh, nothing was damaged. Maybe a floor tile was hurt. But other than that, uh, the partnership worked great. Uh, they were in and out. They did their thing. We did ours. We got the kids back to school. We alerted the parents. The administrator put out uh, and I'll call to the parents let them know that mm-hmm. what happened and uh, we went back to work so thank makes, you to the fire department and the sheriff's department for, for helping us out in that situation makes me think of teamwork makes the dream work and everybody came together and did the right thing to make sure everybody was safe student safety is a top priority and Absolutely. that's what these gentlemen work on every day and uh, when you reference that call that Jonathan's talking about, uh, if we do transport a student, it's for safety. It's to make sure that they're healthy, to make sure that if they have breathe smoke, that they get proper oxygen to recover and have their oxygen levels back. So uh, I think it's important to also tell parents that are listening to trust trust the professionals, trust your emergency responders, trust your safety coordinators at the school. Uh, they're going to do the right thing. There's no need to panic and rush to the school system. Uh, that can inundate uh, first responders and get in the way of us doing what we're supposed to do. Also, as Jonathan mentioned, their investigation. Why do we investigate? We investigate with the, with the fire marshal's office here locally, Columbia Fire Marshal's Office and the State Fire Marshal's Office to make sure we prevent an accident from happening again. It's not to get anybody in trouble, but when the fire marshal's there uh, and the chief's staff and myself's there investigating with uh, the school officials and uh, working together to determine that cause and origin, uh, it's to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that is a responsibility that is also... uh, delegated to me under TCA law to right. determine every fire cause that happens in this city. And we try to do that. We we have a strong fire marshals division uh, that investigates every fire in this city. But most important, uh, we investigate them to try to prevent them from happening again. And that's why we have very few emergencies in the school system, because these gentlemen are proactive. The fire department's proactive. We work together. We develop a plan. And again, that's reflected in our ISO 1 grading as well. Yeah. And Jack, I I would take just a second to expand and say we're here with City of Columbia Fire Department, and they're awesome. But from a district standpoint, we interact with with every fire department in the county, be yes. Tree Hill, Mount Pleasant, whether it's volunteer fire department. Uh, of course, we have SROs embedded in our buildings. Yes, we do. But we interact with City of Columbia Police Department, Mount Pleasant right. uh, Police, Spring Hill Police, and we do that on a on a some in some form of another a daily basis. Yes. And, and what I will say is, all of these agencies work very hard to come and protect our children, to keep our our kids yep. safe, to keep our teachers safe, to make sure our buildings are safe. But on our end, we go through extensive work both at the county level and 
in each building to make sure that our staff in the building, who basically are the parent in place, they're, in, they're serving as the parent in place of the actual parent during the day, that we have structures in place that when something does occur, we support them while we're also keeping the children safe. And I think everyone needs to understand the school system really turns into two um, protective uh, kind of a form at that point. We secure kids, we move kids. We do that often at the direction of these emergency professionals that come in and, and know specifics on situations. But what our staff has to do is not only keep those kids safe, provide Chief Cobb, provide Sheriff Rowland, anyone who comes in, the information they need to quickly assess what's going on in the building, around the campus, and secure it to make sure that's safe. And that's really where the work that Jonathan comes in every day is overseeing and coordinating, making sure that he has what, that, that uh, Captain, or Chief Cobb has what he needs, but then also turn around and say, is that the same request or the same basic need that City of Spring Hill is going to ask for right. when they respond? And for the most part, it's pretty standard, but there are nuances given different resources, given different uh, types of response and different protocols that they have that our staffs just have to work through and, and kind of, you know, make sure everybody's still safe and that we're we're working all on the same page. Yeah, we're very fortunate in our district. Go ahead, Ty. Eric, I, Eric brought up a good point about the other uh, cities like Spring Hill, Mount yeah. Pleasant, and the county, uh, I want to touch on and say that we have what is called automatic aid agreements with Spring Hill and Mount Pleasant. So if there is a fire at Mount Pleasant Middle School, Columbia Fire and Rescue Station 4 on Trotwood Avenue would respond with Mount Pleasant. If there is a fire on the Spring Hill side, uh, in Spring Hill's jurisdiction on the Murray County side, in our automatic aid agreement with Spring Hill, Columbia Fire and Rescue Station 5 would respond. Now, we would upgrade that depending on the level of the emergency. Um, so that has come a long way in the last three years. City Council approved that, uh, worked with City Manager Tony Massey. We wanted to be proactive to help our neighbors. Mount Pleasant jumped on board. Spring Hill jumped on board. And pass those same automatic aid agreements but that makes the teamwork work even better where you can respond and help your neighbor and have enough personnel on scene to evacuate students to suppress a fire or whatever kind of emergency exists he also mentioned about sheriff Rowland and the great partnership we have with them with the sros working together whether it's uh, cpr safety first aid tornado safety again sheriff's department Columbia Fire and Rescue, Columbia Police Department, we're working together because ultimately, ultimately the top priority is to keep our children safe and be ready for when an emergency happens. Real quick, let me uh, touch base on something. We had talked about what happened last year at one of our schools, and that was EA Cox, right? Um, there was a recent um, ribbon cutting for a fire department behind EA Cox. Now, that wasn't open at the time, correct? It was not. And Murray County Public Schools did something for our uh, Columbia Police Department. And what was that, Mr. Cobb? Or Mr. Perriman, well, go ahead. I, I'll say that actually several years ago, um, there has been a tract of land that, that is just to the east of Cox Middle School and directly behind uh, Randolph Howe Elementary School that originally, when those two schools were uh, built, was intended to be a third school. There was intended to be a high school there. 
Um, and then over the course of time, it just became evident that's not where a high school was needed. Okay. The, the land was not being utilized, and the, the school system and the city of Columbia came to an agreement to where uh, land was swapped for some services, uh, lighting of some ball fields and things. But the main thing I think the city of Columbia wanted, they needed a new place to house the, the fire station there on the north side. And that provided them a, a good place. I think it, it helps with your ISO rating because it's in, a, it's in a central location where they can cover more folks now. Um, and they have built a, um, a magnificent facility. It's out majestic there. looking, isn't it, it? It is. It is beautiful. I, and um, it's very functional. It was built to be friendly for them and their staff because it really is their second home. It I believe, is. and you, you you know way more about that. But just the day we were out there and got to look at it, it's it's, it's we got impressive. a tour and everything. Tell us a little bit about that, Ty. Well, I think uh, first I need to give credit where credit's due, and uh, that goes to our city manager Tony Massey, uh, who had the vision as we worked together with ISO to strategically locate our stations in the right areas. Uh, he he started the conversation with the Murray County Public School Board. Um, he went and presented the plan, uh, worked with council, uh, strategically found that site that balanced our response time to the interstate between um, Love's truck stop back towards Nashville Highway uh, north uh, to about Burt Drive, um, where the old Coca-Cola plant used to be, if, if you can place a landmark. And that gave us the four to five minute response in both directions. Um, it was a great partnership, uh, and as Eric says, some things were worked out, but our city manager, Tony Massey, led that, and, and I want to thank him for that because uh, that station is exactly where it needs to be now. Uh, it's friendly with the school system. We built the building with the brick structure, a durable, 100-year station uh, that fit the area, uh, and it was very – it's probably the number one project since I've been chief that I've heard outstanding feedback from from our community uh, but that was a great partnership. And we talk about fire calls, but we respond to more than fire calls. If there's a medical emergency at a school, uh, maybe a child's not breathing, or maybe a child has asthma, our advanced life support, which we have a unit located at that station, can respond to those two schools immediately, be there with Traffic accidents and Traffic such. accident. Yeah. We also put in, uh, with Mr. Massey's leadership, uh, interchange. You know, that's important for fire trucks to be able to get in and out. Uh, but it also helped the school system, and it lined up that interchange there at uh, Baker Road and Mount Olivet, Mount Olivet Road, excuse me, mm -hmm. and uh, um, Bear Creek Pike. Yes. Uh, it's, so a, it's a stoplight, right? It's a traffic signal signalization. Yeah. Uh, been a great project as well, working with TDOT. I think that was probably the biggest benefit to the Columbia Police Department because That's they right. no longer have a uh, an officer out there for about an hour every morning. Right. And, and, and Jack, I'll go back and say, as he says, they respond to, to more than just fires. In my time that, that I was at Transportation, those five years that I was over there, we had you have lots of minor collisions with school buses, but we had two uh, very serious collisions. Uh, both occurred out in the county, and in both situations, not only did Murray Rural Fire respond, but the first one, I know on 373, City of Columbia responded as well uh, and got there assisted. Both of those agencies worked very well together, uh, and we were able to 
I think we treated 26 kids off of that bus that day. And within about two hours, everybody, all the kids were home. We were still standing yeah. looking at a scene, <laughs> but the kids were home and the kids were safe. And so uh, there's lots of times that we interact. And like I said, fire is actually probably the least it is. Uh, right. often I agree. thing that yeah. we deal with. So th- they're very good with uh, assisting us in many responses. Go ahead. And two of our truck, our rescue trucks, the mini trucks, are advanced life support. That's in partnership with Murray Regional EMS and Murray Regional medical center so if there is a bus accident outside the city uh, and they have a number of students injured uh, in our agreement with murray ems and the hospital we will respond our als trucks that have those old monitors and can defibrillate and have advanced life for support care we will respond outside the city to take care of those students so uh, that's something important uh, there's there's no jurisdictional boundaries when it comes to student safety and we've got a school bus turned over or something's going on we're going to respond and help our neighbors we are very very thankful to have such great first responders in our county whether it be the sheriffs the county fire or the city fire departments all of our cities thank you so much for all you do we are going to head into a break and we'll we're going to touch a little bit on the safety seat program some other things going on at the school after the break so thanks for joining us we'll be right back don't go away big yellow school bus with your host jack cobb with murray county public schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show. We are here on the bus talking about safety with Columbia Fire and Rescue and Murray County Public Schools administrators, Hannah Miller. Tell me a little bit more about how somebody can get a smoke alarm installed in their house or checked to the ones they have. So we have several smoke alarms because of our partnership with the Tennessee State Fire Marshal's Get Alarmed program, and we are installing those for free. We also will check your smoke alarm to make sure it's working properly for free. So in order to get that done, all you have to do is call 931-560-1700. That is also the number you can call to find out more about our Child Safety Seat program. Yes, let's talk a lot more about the Child Safety Seat Program. Ty, can you give us a little bit of information about what that is? I've seen it before where you brought people into the station and everything. It looks like an amazing program. Our Car Safety Seat Program and Driver's Safe Program is in partnership with uh, the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation and General Motors. Uh, The funding comes from both of those partners, uh, General Motors, has probably donated in the last two years through their Giving Foundation about $30,000 to Columbia Fire and Rescue and Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation for these type programs. Our firefighters, along with uh, law enforcement and, and Murray EMS, uh, we work to inspect car seats. We'll have a car safety seat checkpoint sometimes at the fire stations. We've been kind of handicapped with COVID, as you know, and we're still doing them where individually, but uh, when when those restrictions are lifted, we will have another public event uh, throughout the county. We try to go in different parts, but that's where you can get a free car safety seat 
if the one you have uh, is not properly fitting and if it's expired, they do have exp expiration dates like smoke alarms do. Uh, and we also have uh, mothers or the adult caring for the child that maybe can't afford a car seat. And we fit them with the proper car seat so that child's safe to travel with. That partnership is also with Murray Regional Medical Center uh, when a patient when a mother is discharged from the ER, we're going to make sure they have a car seat that properly fits their car for their child, even if they can't afford one, so their child's safe. So the funding, again, comes through the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation and General Motors Corporations, which is GM Spring Hill, uh, and that's been a great partnership. It's saved lives. It's reduced injuries. We experience more and more car accidents every year. Our car accident response continues to go up because our population continues to increase there's more people on the roads uh, hopefully as we have more safe driving measures enacted through technology and vehicles that that can be reduced but for right now uh, our focus is on driver education and making sure that car safety seats are properly fitted in the car i think data shows that about 70 percent of car safety seats installed initially are installed incorrectly that's why it's important for technician to inspect that car seat and make sure it's installed properly so let me ask you this and if i'm not driving around my grandkids and i've got a seat in the back of there for my youngest grandchild and i'm not sure that seat is properly secured i can pull into a, a a fire station and knock on the door and say hey could you make sure this one's right is that something that, that is somebody correct. can do that is free and you can go to any fire station in the city of columbia and we will check your car seat i even have my wife stop by and check it because i have a 13 month old daughter now and i want to make sure that seat's installed correctly uh, and we don't just call you Chief Cobb. We call you Papa Cobb, too. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite title. Dad. Papa Cobb? So. Yeah, Dad. All right. Um, well, you know, talk about the car seats. They, not every one of them is the same. They can be very difficult to oh, install. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I, personally, I was, they do work. I've seen many times. They, Jonathan, they you can elaborate on the training there. It's, it's a serious course that our emergency responders go through. To get trained in how to install, yes, I believe it's three days long, and depending on the type of the time of year you go, it could be hot or you could be out there freezing. But uh, it's pretty intense. I believe the Highway Patrol puts that on, don't they? The Highway Patrol, uh, State Fire Marshals, uh, excuse me, the State Fire Academy. Uh, there's also some hospitals across the state that have instructors uh, that have funding to do that. But as you said, it's a, it's like a three day course, eight hours a day, and then you have to be checked off through practicals. So yeah, it's practicum, yep. it's a serious, and it should be because it's is, about safety. Is that something like our SROs have been through also? I, I believe they have, oh, and, okay. I, and uh, most most your local police departments actually have a okay. group a group of officers or deputies that have gone through that training Excellent. as well. So Excellent. you know, as check, the fire department can also help you, uh, but you can also call your local PD. So uh, I, I'm not trying to give away a bunch of stuff but here, but we can actually go to our fire departments and get um, we can get smoke alarms or even a child safety seat. You can. And, and we have expanded this program. I need to brag on one person for sure, Joe Kilgore, uh, who we have partnered Murray with Regional. at Murray Regional yeah. Healthcare Foundation. Joe handles the logistics of this program, and I have to give him – a big thank you because he was in the initial with writing the grant with us, working to secure funding, 
coming on board with General Motors. Joe Kilgore is the reason for the success of this program. Captain Donnie Nofel at Station 2 on Lyon Parkway near Central High School is in charge of the program on a day-to-day basis. But it is involved with law enforcement, EMS, uh, Spring Hill Police Department, Mount Pleasant Police Department, Murray County Fire. Uh, it's just the heartbeat of it kind of starts at Columbia Fire and Rescue, but we incorporate everybody because we want it to be a countywide program, not just Columbia Fire and Rescue. Excellent. Hannah, one more time, give us our PSA on that number again so everybody can hear it. 931-560-1700. That is 931-560-1700 to get a smoke alarm installed or a child safety seat installed. Excellent. I, I'd like to repeat the numbers on the show because you might be in your car listening and that um, might be a little easier to remember if it's repeated numerous times. Um, Mr. Eric Pearman, tell me a little bit about, since we got Chief Ty Cobb here, and how do the tech department, food services, maintenance, and transportation, how do they all click together in a situation when we have something going on? Um, I know that's really something that you are in charge of the operations, and I thought you might be able to enlighten us a little bit. Let's kind of make it quick because I'd like to, we don't have a whole lot of time left. I'll do it quickly, and I'll just say that the, the first group, on, on an inclement weather day outside of the group that's making the announcement that's notified are those groups right there specifically. Bus drivers, transportation. Bus drivers, transportation, tech. Uh, all those folks work food every day. Yeah, food service for sure. Every day to make sure our buildings are safe, that they're closed down. And they really do tons of work that in a quick amount of time I can't tell you how what all they do in an emergency, but I will just say um, it takes them as, as well as the responders to make sure everybody's safe and to be efficient and keep everybody moving forward over the course of a day. It's all about the teamwork. So we're coming up towards the end of the Big L School Bus Show today. Um, Miss Hannah Claire Miller, I'd like to do something called a shout-out to the community. You can tell me a shout-out and shout-out anyone you like, somebody you work with, somebody you live with, somebody you know, somebody you met. Let's make it brief, but you're first on the agenda for this. You know, I'd really like to do a shout-out to an organization, and I would like to shout-out to General Motors. They have continued to partner with us through our Child Safety Seat Program. They have also donated um, quite a few materials for our training center here in Columbia. Um, So just a fantastic organization. Again, always willing to partner with the community to achieve great things. So thank you, General Motors. Excellent shout-out. Mr. Ty Cobb. Well, I want to thank our Columbia City Council that uh, approves our funding. so we can provide the services we do to this community. I want to thank our Columbia City Manager, Tony Massey, who's instrumental in everything we do and making sure that we have the services and tools and funding to serve the community. Uh, It starts with his office and his team that works with my staff to implement uh, proactive measures and to strategize on how to keep Columbia safe and maintain that ISO 1 rating. And in closing, I want to thank our Uh, citizens and residents of Columbia Murray County for supporting us. We're here to serve you. Fire alarms, car safety seats, blood pressure checks, you name it, 24-7, we're here to help you. Excellent. Mr. Perryman, do you have a shout-out? Jack, I'll expand upon the groups we've already talked about with the fire and the police and the the local EMA groups like that, but a couple of of uh, organizations that I failed to mention over the course of our day-to-day, Tennessee Highway Patrol, does all of our bus inspections uh and and we met with them yesterday they're an integral part of what we do to keep kids safe every day and um mr barry here has been working this week with department of homeland security 
and with the state um, safety office, and, and, and that is both on the state government side and on the uh, state education side. Uh, it is, it's, a, it's a group effort, lots of groups, lots of rules, lots of priorities. Uh, they're all aimed at keeping our kids safe and, and keeping our staff safe and being, being good stewards of our uh, community. Um, so thank you to all of those groups. Excellent shout-out. Mr. Barry. Jack, I'd like to uh, give a shout-out to uh, Jeff Hardy and uh, Pat Woodmansey. Uh, Jeff is our director of Murray County EMA, and Pat is his assistant director. And they keep us informed on a daily basis of weather events and anything that's going on. And most recently, they've helped us out with our COVID response and uh, procuring um, materials and, and items for uh, PPE and, and things to yeah, keep our kids safe. Yeah, I enjoy getting their emails. COVID. And... Also, our folks over at Murray County 911, there's lots of folks that work over there, so I'm going to you know, go name Give one person. But the whole, the whole crew over there at Murray Excellent. County 911 helps us Great out. Great shout-outs. I want to um, echo Joe Kilgore. I work with Joe at the Crossroads to Home Coalition, and Joe is so passionate about everything he does. Thank you, Joe Kilgore. My shout-out is to you. Ty, did you have something to say I on just, that? I want to... I'm glad you mentioned that. Joe Kilgore helps in many areas, uh, including serving on the Homeless Coalition Board with you and I, and uh, uh, he does a lot of great work behind the scenes to make sure programs like we've talked about are a success. Folks, thanks for coming on the bus today. Hannah, appreciate you, and, and, and look forward to working with you uh, closer. Ty, Chief Ty Cobb, thank you so much for everything you do for the community. Eric? Couldn't do this stuff without you, man. I love those 4 a.m. wake-up calls and texts. Thank you so much. Jonathan, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us, Jack. That is it for this edition of the Big Yellow School Bus, brought to you by The Way Realty. Get your realty done there. Hey, uh, speaking of The Way Realty, the sponsor for the Big Yellow School Bus, Ty Cobb, tell us something that listeners might not know about the owner, George Varalis. George Varalis is a great person. Uh, George Varalis and D-Way Realty stepped up uh, during the tough budget times when uh, our smoke alarm program was exhausted as far as funds. Uh, and George reached out to me and said, hey, I want to help. I think that's a great program. I want to buy 300 smoke alarms so y'all can continue to install them. That saved lives. Uh, that's amazing. Brought to you by the way realty thank you george Varalis, for all you do for the community that is it for this edition of the big yellow school bus brought to you by the way realty thank you and y'all have a great day thank you for tuning in to the big yellow school bus with your host jack cobb with murray county public schools hop on the big yellow school bus every saturday morning at 9 a.m sundays at 7 p.m and mondays at 4 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools right here on WKRM 103.7 FM and 1340 AM.